The Smithfield Murder, a short story from Bowman's Casebook by Richard James, Part 8. Detective Sergeant Anthony Graves lay low. He'd felt every bump and rut in the road as he was carried along the narrow streets around Smithfield. Only once had he feared discovery. The cart had slowed as they left the market, and Graves heard Boothby's distinctive vowels but a few feet away. Drive safe now, Absalom. I take it you've left us some nice choice cuts this morning. Graves heard a chuckle from the driver, and then the whip cracked again. With a jerk, they left the market at speed, careening round the corner onto West Smithfield. Graves tried to keep a track of their direction. Once or twice he peered through a hole in the sheet, but beyond Clerkenwell Road, he'd lost his bearings. Some forty minutes passed. Every muscle in his body complained at being held in such a cramped condition on such a cold night. Just as he feared he would freeze, Graves felt the cart slow. Daring to peek from beneath the sheet, he saw that they were now in open country. At the speed they had travelled, Graves guessed a distance of some eight to ten miles had been traversed. In which direction, he knew not. They passed a forbidding farmhouse and pulled up beside an old outbuilding, at which the driver jumped from his seat. From his cramped location, Graves watched as the man disappeared inside. A lamp was lit at a window. The sergeant waited a few minutes, then slowly pulled the sheet back. Crouching low, he dropped from the trailer and ran to a near-side wall, being sure to keep his body flat against the brickwork. He took the time to get his bearings. The outbuilding was of a single story and backed onto a rough yard surrounded on three sides by a wall. Long wooden poles were slung along its length, each studded at intervals with chains. A dozen hulking shapes loomed from the darkness. Graves moved a step nearer, the better to peer into the gloom. As a cloud passed the moon, the shapes revealed themselves. They were horses. Graves knew they had seen him, but none seemed to have the strength to react. He saw that they were old and grizzled. One had protruding ribs and running sores upon its back. Another had legs so thin Graves feared they would snap at any moment. Looking about him, he saw one on the floor. The unfortunate creature was lying prone in the dirt, its sides rising and falling in time to a hideous rattle. Clearly the beasts were near death. Graves uttered a soothing word or two under his breath, then made his way to the end of the yard. There, in an unceremonious heap by the door of a smaller building, was a pile of bones. Shoulder blades protruded from the mire. Great leg bones lay in haphazard heaps. A horse's skull lay on top of a pile, its sightless sockets staring blankly into the night. Graves shuddered at the sight. Putting his shoulder to the door, he eased into the shed behind the yard to be greeted by a stench like nothing he'd ever known. It stung his eyes and caught in his throat. Before him in the gloom, he could just make out a great, steaming vat. A viscous liquid bubbled and popped within. To his right, he saw a long butcher's block piled high with rough cuts of meat. Graves had seen enough. It was one thing if Oshihi and his ilk had been fraudulently selling horse meat at Smithfield Market. That the meat had its source at such a wretched and despicable charnel house was another matter entirely. A hand held over his face to stifle the smell, Graves made his way from the shed and into the yard once more. 
He regarded the horses sadly, standing for a moment in silence with them. Then, his face a mask of resolve, he took a breath to steel himself. Making suddenly for the perimeter, he bounded onto the cart at the entrance, snapped at the reins, and steered it with a clatter back to the main road. In time, he hoped, he would see some landmark to guide him back to London. As he rattled through the gate, Graves noticed a hand-painted sign fixed to the fence at a crazy angle. Pushing the horse to give him yet more speed, he nonetheless had time to read the words printed on it as he passed. Harry Absalom. Knacker's Yard. St. Sepulchre's stood like a sentinel in the night. A haven of divinity in an area given to carnal fulfilment, it had withstood fire and plague and civil war. Inspector Bowman stood regarding the altar, lifting his eyes to the crucifix above. The figure of Christ was a fragile thing. How could such a slight figure withstand such pain, he wondered? How could anyone bear such pain? Bowman fought the inclination to kneel. He would not bend, or he would break. For a moment she was with him, her hand on his shoulder, her head inclined to his. She met his gaze and smoothed the furrow at his brow, and with a kiss, she was gone. Bowman felt alone. Turning about, he saw Sergeant Graves walking briskly through the transept door, his footsteps echoing up to the vaulted ceiling. That was reckless, Graves, Bowman admonished him as he approached. Desperate times call for desperate measures, sir. That's as may be, Sergeant, Bowman snapped but I had rather you consulted me first before embarking on such adventures. Some adventure, Graves sighed. What did you find? Bowman asked. Hell, Inspector. Graves had lost his customary smile. I found hell. Hell.